Good evening, everybody. My name's Neville. My name's Neil um, Dawson. What's your surname, now? Garland. And we're here to talk about our church, Grace Community Church, based at Rich Hill. This is a podcast about ordinary people who make up the church. To find out more or share your story, head to ordinarypodcast.com. Good man. Um, so the church started in uh, in two thousand and six, September two thousand and six. At that stage, me personally, I was uh, I was just married, and I had been going to Emmanuel Church in Lurgan, and it was at that stage, three years into being part of Emmanuel Church, that Dad came to me said felt like the vision that he'd had for years to to plant the church. In Rich Hill, it was time to see that come to fruition. And um, so, Neville, you know that my memory is really poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, recalling events from 12 years ago were a bit of a challenge to me. So maybe you would be the man to, mm-hmm. to fill in the the gaps where I cannot remember and the inception of the church. What okay. do you remember of that? Yeah, 12, that, that time, um, for me personally, um, church was something I was not interested in. Um, I had actually fallen away from church, um, but I do remember uh, Ronnie speaking about the idea of birth in the church, and uh, and it was birth, uh, as Neela said, about 12 years ago, as drop-in community church. Um, and uh, a lot of people who were disheartened with the church or had fallen away from church in a certain certain ways, um, Ronnie and Carlin, um were pastoring them and in a kind of a way and and uh, and so there was there was a lot of people who gathered together i wasn't there in the first days of it as i said i was away from church altogether but uh you were there and your wife almost had no choice and uh, and there's there's still a few today with us that were there in those early days yeah so suppose the those first six years of dropping community church it is our story to tell but in many ways, in many ways, it's not. I suppose we're here to speak a wee bit of what our journey's been like since we took on leadership six years ago. That's right. 2012. But I think it's worth me saying that uh, back at that stage after the church was birthed 12 years ago, I, um, out of curiosity and out of a place of just complete loneliness and probably despair and, as I said earlier, um, being disheartened with the church, I uh, decided one morning... Um, actually just to visit and uh, and um, that morning I felt God spoke straight into my life and and everything that I had all the I don't, it's hard to explain but I was that day my life was, was sold on the idea of the church mm-hmm. and and uh, I never wanted to miss a Sunday since that day mm-hmm. so that's a, it's a big thing for me it's a big thing for me I'm not saying just personally to our church, but I was sold on the whole idea of the church and God's idea of the church, and that's why I I live for it today. So, although we we're not talking about us changing the name on this on this podcast, but we we felt it was important that we we changed the name. We felt it was important that the church had its own identity, separate but still incredibly linked to to drop in ministries. But it is, as you've said, it is worth saying that there's many of the things that that we inherited from 
from the leadership before that has been really helpful. Mm-hmm. That's been really beneficial for us. And and so we've been leading now for six years, you and me and David and our wives. And, uh, and so, so maybe just for a few moments, I, I could just say that those early years were really challenging <laughs> as, what? As, as a church leader. And so at the risk, at the risk of sounding like this is some sort of pity party, it was challenging. It was challenging to be, to be, to be brought into a position of leadership and not being able to answer those questions of where did you go to Bible college or where did you train or what qualifications do you have? And already, so from right from the beginning of leadership, I felt like I was on the back foot. I felt like I was on the back foot right from the, right from the start. Mm-hmm. There's other things that went on that were that were challenging that made it difficult, and then for several years feeling like just didn't want to get it wrong, so we just copied what everybody else was doing, and and probably in some ways almost struggled to find our unique our unique DNA as I as I later found out was really important for us to pursue. Mm-hmm. What was unique about us? What was unique about the people? That the Father had gathered around us to to lead and to to serve together. Um, so again, we're not here to talk about the name change. We're not here to talk about my insecurities in the first several years of leadership. But they're they're all things that I think we've that have been important learning curves mm. along the way as we continue to as we continue this this journey together. And whenever I say this journey together, I'm not just talking about you and me. I'm not just talking about you and me and David and our wives in leadership. I, I like to think that whenever we're using the word together, we're talking about our church family. Yeah. Talking about the family that we that he as he has called us. He's called us to lead. Mm-hmm. And I personally yeah. want to do that well. I suppose for me, looking back over those early first years, and I know as you've already said, we're not here to talk about that, but you know, I just think of some of the ways we I handle things, or even we handle things together, and uh, and and you learn a lot uh, very quickly. Um, that uh, you don't have all the answers. Um, and and I think the thing that probably has shifted within us, um, we for me, um, would have led out of insecurity, mm. and now identity changes all of that, and and so it's it's not a matter of what. How you perform anymore it's who you are now and and who god has brought around us so that we can all journey on this together and learn from one another and um, it's an amazing thing to have someone to learn from the least expectant person and uh and see god in the midst of that that's a beautiful thing yeah. it's a beautiful thing god has given as the church yeah. body of people so i think it's worth i think it's worth just for a moment mentioning Talking a wee bit more about identity, so so not that long ago when we came up with those six values that we we felt that we we were gonna pursue, mm-hmm. we used we we tweaked it a wee bit so that it fitted nicely into the word simple. So that would be scripture, identity, mission, prayer and presence, loving everyone, every day, everywhere, and it's that it's that identity piece that has been central. For, mm. It's been central for me. It's been mm-hmm. central for my life, and I think it's been it's been one of those things that we've tried to make central in in what we teach and in how we communicate. Yeah. Something important about not only remembering who we are as sons and daughters, but 
remembering that the people that were leading and were serving alongside were fellow sons and daughters. That's right. They were all, as much as I never want to diminish the role of leadership, but the reality is we're fellow, we're fellow sons and daughters, we're fellow workers, we're fellow sojourners, fellow pilgrimers, whatever language you want to use. And, and that, that identity piece has been hugely significant for me personally. And I think it's it's one of the it's one of those drums I think will beat from now till yeah. till we're done, isn't it? But then when you watch, you know, all all types of people from all different places and, and all different upbringings and and um, all different interests and uh, and but there's one thing in common with all those people. We're all made in the image of God. We're all made in His image, and uh, and so to see the diversity. Mm-hmm. is an amazing thing that we just you know for far too often I think we what what's happened is we've tried to mold everyone into the one but like just watching people and watching that the fact that you are different but you're beautiful because you're made in the image mm-hmm. of God and it's, uh, it's just a beautiful way to, to look at the church isn't it and, and to start to appreciate it and love her uh, for that I think that's the I, I think that's the that's been the, fu- the fun thing, the challenging thing about the plurality of leadership for me too. No, it feels like it's a, it's a strange tangent to go off on, but there is times in our conversations where at least one of us will, will remind the other ones when we find ourselves frustrated or we find ourselves in that place of getting uptight or angry or throw the towel in. There is, mm-hmm. there is the other one that will pause in the line or, or not even pause in the line, but just remind you. Remind you. Remind you who mm-hmm. there's a there's a fuller story that we don't know. Mm-hmm. There's something going on in their lives that we don't know, and and it's good that there's not just one of us. It's good that there's not just one of us leading at times. And maybe at this point we should mention that we're really missing Dave. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. We could. Yeah. So to talk about the church and talk about what's happened over the last couple of years is um, is, um, is is mainly what this podcast is about, and uh, hopefully in in just those wee bit of introduction, you've, you've you hear what our heart is, and and uh, we want to love everyone everywhere, and um, but we have felt over the last couple of years that that there that God is has been stirring us. Um, and we, we've probably been learning more over the last couple of years to hear his voice and not alone just hear it but actually start to step out mm-hmm. in faith and what that really looks like uh, and to lead a, a, a group of people on a journey that way um, with all of our vulnerability and as much vulnerability as possible in the midst of that but um, we've known that for the last couple of years that that we, we we needed to find a new place to, to settle or to, to meet, especially where a Sunday is concerned. Church for us is not just Sunday, but um, while Sunday is an important thing and it's a great thing, but it's not just, it's not the climax of, of everything we do, um, but it is an important part of our week. And uh, so we, we may maybe start to talk a wee bit about that. Yeah, well, at the... Um, um, I'm sort of aware. I don't want to sound like I'm. I'm contradicting myself. 
because I think identity is is the drum that we'll always, we're always going to be. Well, I think we want that to become the default. Our default position is that we go back to that place. Mm-hmm. I think when you're frustrated, when you're hurt, when you're broken, that you find yourself coming back to that default position of I'm a son and I'm a daughter. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, I think for me, it got to that place. Well, this has to mean something. This has to impact yes. community. So we can keep on talking about identity. We can keep on we can keep on doing that within the confines of the four walls of our church building and reminding ourselves of who we are. And that's really important. But for me, it came to a moment, actually, this has to, the reality of this, the understanding of this, the living this this life of sons and daughters of Father God has to impact outside the walls of this church. And I think that was that was certainly for me one of the one of those moments where it was a reminder or a call or an urgency came upon me to to do something, not knowing what it was, but just acknowledging in me. I think becoming trying my best to become as self aware as possible and realizing complacency. If it hadn't set in, it was certainly about to set in. Yeah, and in the moments of self awareness, realizing that. If if we don't do something, even though we're not sure what it is, I think we could just cruise our way to safety and security <laughs> for the rest of our time. And I think there was a moment of almost it was Bill Hybels that coined the phrase "holy discontent." And there was a moment for me, I like I wasn't upset with anybody, I wasn't frustrated with anybody. It was just this holy discontent. It was like, come on, we're 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 made for more than this. We are in this room. We are. We are gifted and prepared and ready for more than this. And so although we didn't know where we were going to go, I think it already begun to stir within our hearts at something. We had to do something. Yeah. Yeah, and and, uh, um, and for me it was a wee bit different. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I suppose in this podcast you'll you'll start to see how we, we all differ and... Uh, and uh, for me, within leadership, it was purely a practical mm. issue that we had we had maxed the size of our building and and um, and the other thing, like what what were we going to do or how are we going to actually be a part of a a local community? And um, we were having some impact, but we felt that the change, purely from a practical point of view, for me. Mm-hmm. Was that change change needed to happen for mm-hmm. car parking for kids for for mm-hmm. congregation and uh, just purely wear and tear on our little prefab that we had, which we was kindly gifted to us, and and we have many memories of that. But mm-hmm. but within that practicality, we could have just cruised along as well into just existing. Yeah, but and I think again. I'd love that to come out actually throughout the, the podcast that there's something important about about I'm almost, I don't wanna I don't wanna offend people or upset anybody in this, but so often we have seen we've seen so many churches being led by one man mm-hmm. and everything having to go through one man and and that exhausts and it, and it burns out and it's it's hard to watch. And and I say that with as much respect as as I possibly can but I've seen the joy it is to, to, to lead together and so you you are completely different when it comes to how you see things and how you think about things so you're all about the practical if Dave was here he would probably have something different about what mm-hmm. was 
going on with him that's or right. some wild dream or something in the middle of the night that's right yeah. the joy of pulling all of that together to see okay this is what's going on in me what's he saying to you and and just mm-hmm. flashing that all out is mm-hmm. is challenging but it's, it can be good fun yeah but the pressure of just my side of it forced me to prayer forced forced me to to walk our local area and mm-hmm. uh, and seek God and ask God but many questions about different buildings and look at many different options but um and and uh, I don't say this that I get any sort of glory or whatever but every Sunday morning now where we're at is is a dream come true for me because uh, because I saw it in the sense of mm-hmm. um being being in the recreation center and spoke about that um although it wasn't spoke about it. Took a while to convince them. It, well, it even took a while to convince myself. <laughs> but um but uh but I don't believe that's just the end place that God has for us. It's not we've arrived here and let's just stay here until we're all brought off into glory at some stage or yeah. um um we continually need to hear his voice but we do believe this is where he has us for a season. And uh, and it's it's interesting in that. But yeah. I think we probably could come back to that in a few minutes. But just to go back a wee bit, so for I th- we're both in the same place when it comes to living right in the community, living right in the heart of Rich Hill. Yeah, I don't know if we've mentioned that, but Rich oh, Hill yeah. is our community. Yeah, Rich Hill, County Armagh. Yeah, we, which you moved to how many years ago? So I moved. I moved uh, four years ago. Last. Our April passed. Uh-huh. And I moved three years ago, just yeah. in July passed. Yeah. So I think, so what I've said about like this, the, the, the fear of complacency, the fear of remaining in a place of comfort and security, but that was also being married with, with the fact that we were now right in the heart of our community. We were spending uh, every every morning at the school gates with, with so many people that were part of our community. Yeah. We started to, we started to to go to the local shop for for our groceries. But as hard as it was, we made the Chinese our local. We made the chip shop our local place, and all of a sudden, you're you're rubbing shoulders with the people in the community that your building is just on the outskirts of. So where we were meeting our prefab building, which we are grateful for, it was just on the outskirts of that. And so being engaged in our Monday in the Monday to Saturday, right in the heart of community. And then, and it, and it works, it can work, it's fine. It's, it's not, not, it's not a criticism, but for me, it was like, this is, it feels like something's happening here. Yeah. Something's taking place in here. There's an engagement here that, that feels like we could really be involved in the, increasingly in the lives of these people. And our church community was just on the outside of, outside of all of that. Yeah. And so the more that, the more that we were engaging in our everyday Everywhere we, uh, it, it really began to speed up the conversation of, or speed up even the prayer, the prayer life of God. Where where do you want us? Like, is is this you? Hmm. And uh, and so that was that was an, that was another key motivator in in looking for a place right in the heart of our our village. Yeah, 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 and uh, um, that whole idea of. Of then the responsibility of um, engaging with people also purely from 
a practical point of view of saying um, now we we have a somewhere local that we are meeting on a Sunday if you feel you want to come along as, as we've saw the fruit of that mm-hmm. um, at the school gate or just local people um, and, and we're hoping for more of that we're yeah. not we're not content by any means and and where we're at we if if David was here he would be saying that we have something that we want to to give or share we have something that that god has has done in each of our lives and we want to just share the stories of that yeah i think for him it was that that idea actually there was almost a responsibility like we have a responsibility to give this away mm-hmm. that's right yeah yeah that was his words yeah we, we have a responsibility to give away what what god has given us that's with being i think many leaders many leaders go through uh times of of insecurity and fear of what are what are the people going to think? Mm-hmm. What is what is our family? What is our wider family going to think? Because I've always been I've always like what if I make a decision that not everybody is is going to go with or not everybody is going to get? And because I've always understood church's family, it, it's never something that I feel like I can take lightly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thought yeah. of of just making a decision and if you want to come, come. That that might work if if you view it as an organization or an institution, but like for me, it's always I've always understood it as family. Yeah. yeah. And so if I do anything or I move anywhere, the I want, I want to know the family's coming with me, and and so that it doesn't take long before you realize that God, we're 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 going to do this. My goodness, we're actually going to go. Yeah. And we're trusting Neville that he's right. <laughs> we're trusting Neville that he's right with the recreation center. We're actually going to do this, but like, what if? Yeah. What if they don't get it? Or what if we what if we announce this and they just aren't ready or it's not right or all of that? And but I, I think our wives were very helpful at that stage in the sense of, well, what if you don't? Mm-hmm. In the sense of, uh, I think we, we started maybe into the process of maybe overthinking it a bit. And, yeah. and thankfully, Dave was there too because he's not an overthinker. He's just like, let's just do it. And uh, and so when you, when you marry all those different types of people together and um, some with okay you're overthinking it or some with really want to care like your heart for people and and, uh, and then some with let's just get on and do it you know you get that great mix of well look we're not doing this for ourselves we're not doing this to, to promote ourselves in any way or look what we did we're just doing it because we want to just be obedient to God and we care about people mm-hmm. and we understand that we care about people but how much more does god care about people and if mm-hmm. we can connect the two that's a beautiful place to get people yeah. in so it's not about us and what we've done or you know um some people will probably be listening to this and going you know what lad that's no big deal yeah but but we were on the journey and and we've learned a lot through that. And looking back, it probably wasn't. Yeah, a big and for deal. some people, it wasn't a big deal. And, oh. for, and, and even for the and even for the family, when we whenever we talked about it, it was yeah. All those scenarios we had, I had created in my head was like yeah. end up coming the. I know. End up coming to nothing. I, I know, but what you didn't want to lose in the midst of it all was that family yeah. environment that had been created, even before we had taken over leadership of the church, yeah. and we didn't want to lose that and so that was the beautiful thing for me that whenever you begin to to sort of drip feed the vision or whatever the the vision that you had yeah 
all that you had to go yeah. with. That, 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 the sentiment was that, well, we're together. Yeah. That's whenever you hear that other people that's right. That's right. understand the, church's family. It's like, well, if we're together, yeah. like we're going, like what, if we're, meet, if we're meeting in this building or we're meeting in the Richard Recreation Centre, we're family. If we're, yeah. So for me, that's like, that's right. That's, I love that. But there was a few key moments of that where where certain people that you least expected and you might even thought of some sort of pushback from them in some mm. sort of way, they really spoke and just sort of said, yeah, but we can be family anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that was just, that was, you know, it was just like, um, it was good at that time for, 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 for those steps. Yeah, so before we moved, we before we actually moved, we decided... Let's bring everybody together, make them familiar with the place. Yeah. Let's just sh- let's just meet and worship and pray, and then just see if yeah. Holy Spirit wants to yeah. speak or reveal something. We had a half idea of doing that, but then someone who was prophetic came to you and spoke to you one night and said, "Why don't you just go yeah. and do that?" Yeah. And, uh, and sort of yeah. pushed us yeah. on just to, well, why would we not do that? And, uh, and so we took one of the rooms one Wednesday night and, and went together and, and, and just worshipped together and left space for, for God to speak or mm-hmm. whatever that looked like. And it, and, uh, and it was nice to stand back and, and hear God speak because oftentimes when you're in leadership, the onus seems to be on, but it was just like, it was an opportunity for, for people to hear. But I think still looking back on that, we had... People were just ready. God had prepared people that this is, this is we're ready for this step. Yeah. And I loved that. I loved that we, we we made that night. We put it on early enough so that our kids could show up. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That, that's that's really important. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't want to be in that place where kids you just follow along and you do what you're told. You've nothing to contribute but just having them and part of that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. as rowdy as it was yeah but it was okay yeah that's right but you were well used to that yeah but then I think we had that night we had the uh, there was a word that was the, that helped us too in our decision that um, why we were going to move to this place and spend a number of Sundays six six weeks was our initial trial uh, we had no idea what was going to happen after that in talking with the recreation centre and they kindly um, worked with us and said, yeah, well, let's give it a go for six weeks. It may be worth saying that that, that initial conversation wasn't yes, right. all that plain sailing. We, after we had the night there, we, we felt like this is something we were going to pursue had conversation with management, which initially was thought that's not been done before. I'm not sure if we would be up for opening on Sundays. That was that. That was the initial conversation. That's right. Yeah. Um. And so they came back saying, "Well, they'll, they'll consider four. We put, we managed to get them pushed to six. And so on the twentieth of May was was our first Sunday in in Richard Recreation Centre. Yeah. Yeah, and it was great. It was great, and uh, our second was great, and and they all have been great since. But we, we early on realized that we created a problem, didn't we? Um, and I say that in the sense that 
And about three weeks into it, I, I went back to our old building mm. and uh, and just thought, how 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 could we bring people? Because the recreation centre is a great place, there's great facilities. It's it's big and it's open and and people. There's great facilities for the kids and it's park and uh, great even down to the parking is wonderful. Those who know me know I like parking lines. It's lines at all. Um, but uh, but then what? How were we going to? What were we going to do? Because we were mm. we were in the middle of the Red Sea or kind of a way. I don't want to over spiritualize things, but we that's where we were. How do you bring people back to to a smaller place mm-hmm. and just less facilities in a way? Yeah. Never mind the parking lines, but that's but. Uh, are you trying to tell me that's the only reason we've stayed on? Because <laughs> they've got parking lines. No, no, no. no. So, I, so some of the, I, we talk about some of the, the challenges or the benefits. Part of me still feels like we've been there so, almost like we haven't been there long enough to face too many challenges or too many frustrations mm-hmm. from, my, from my perspective anyway. I, one of the things that was brand new for for us was was setting up on a Saturday afternoon and and then having to take down on the straight after church on a Sunday. So obviously that is a challenge, and the more the more often you're doing it, there's times where it's like, oh man, another another Saturday four o'clock having to go and set up. And but for me initially those those first few weeks, it, I was so encouraged by it. Because it felt like there was, it was, it was creating a level of ownership that nothing, that nothing else had done. And for some people, it was taking ownership of the church, taking ownership right. of of the vision, taking mm-hmm. ownership of being part of, of showing up in the community to worship and lift high the name of Jesus. And and maybe and that that sounds really simple, but for me, I, I thought that was it was wonderful just to watch something being activated in people. And because my fear had been, what if we slip into complacency? What if we slip into security and comfort? But actually here was something that was allowing us to, in, in a real simple way of setting up chairs and setting up sound equipment and music and all of that, it was, something was being activated in people. Something was, people were taking ownership That's of right. something. Yeah. Which was, which was nice. It was really, really, I thought it was really important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, we, and there's still probably lots that we still have to learn, mm-hmm. um, uh, and it's the going forward that we have to do that. I think you know, as far as one thing that we've had to do in this whole transition is be that way, but more vulnerable um, and share. Mm-hmm. You know, there's often there's a pressure, uh, and we felt this that that you need to have this vision statement for your church. You need to have everything worked out to a T, your budgets and all set uh, in in nice font and then present it to the church and say, this is what we're going to do. And this is, but that hasn't been our journey. Um, and sometimes you can feel that you need to, to have that as part. But, but I think for us, we've learned that, you know, share what you know um, uh, and, and uh, within you know, because that's one of the questions that this podcast wants to ask. Like, what, what, you know, what advice have you for for people? Like, you know, even asking a question like that makes me makes me think I'm a, like I'm we're nowhere experts, um, but uh, you know, just that 
sense of a bit of vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. But I suppose the day to day is, or the week to week is, how are we seeing all of this? What, you know, what's the fruit of all of this? Or what is our aim? Or what yeah. is our, our goal? Yeah. So, um, we, so we had it for those six weeks. And uh, and then, like you've, you've explained about going back to the building and thinking, how are we going to go back? And then beginning to hear that from other people begins to reinforce the idea of, I, I think we need to stay here, even though it still feels, and yeah. I think today, even today as we're having this conversation, it still feels like unsure what the next move is, but still obe- obeying to what we know. Yeah, that's right. And so we, we but we stayed those six weeks relationship. We had, I think we had a really good relationship. We got on really well with the, the staff at the recreation centre. All of that went, for me, it went so much better than I thought it was going to go. And so we ended up staying. We asked, could we just stay on right through to the summer? And uh, and then, almost like roles reversed, it was them then that, that initially had the first conversation with us. Yeah, that's What right. about staying on to Christmas? And, uh, and so that's where we find ourselves now, stay, staying on to staying on the Christmas. But, um, and so for me personally, I found a bit of, almost a bit of breathing room in that. You know, but you have four months now. Feels like it was four months to really, to really pursue our community in prayer and in love and in serving them really well. I feel like we have this mm-hmm. four-month window to do that, mm-hmm. to do that really well. Yeah. And I think as we do that really well, we begin to see what the next step is. Yeah, so if I can just say, I think just, I think, and I think you've talked about it before. I think we've found, I have, I think we've maybe talked about it before, some sort of comfort in the story of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So going right back to Genesis 12, whenever God told Abraham to go, and Abraham had no idea where he was going. He didn't know where, he didn't know where the he was just stepping out in obedience. And it wasn't until he went that he began that God began to show him the way as he went. Mm-hmm. And we get we see him again in Genesis chapter fifteen. And God and God is he's telling him to almost telling him to go again. It's almost like if you'd be obedient, you'd be obedient to that first step will show you where to go next. Yeah. And so I find comfort in that, in that, in that obey what you know now. That's right. Yeah. Like what with what you feel like you've heard now. What you've heard prophetically, what you've what you've just maybe just carried in your own spirit, just obey obey that mm-hmm. and trust that. Yeah, and and then I think he's he's faithful and good enough to to show us the next step when you're obedient to this one. Yeah, you know you you touched on something there about prayer, and uh, it's one of the it's one of the greatest joys to be able to or to have an opportunity, not alone just be able to, but have an opportunity to pray with someone in our village. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, for me, that is, uh, or, or someone within our area or within our influence. And uh, and while we've seen, you know, some new people into our church, I think the, actually it's the conversations outside our church. Absolutely. Or when we say our church, it's our Sunday service, it's our conversations outside of that. And, and you've touched on the fact of it. It's uh, this whole move has stirred and and like woken up some stuff within people, and and so we're getting all those sort of conversations back of of uh, not just what's happening on a Sunday, but <clears throat> what's happening uh, for everyone, not alone just in our village, but the people who who are part of our church who live in Portadown or who live in Market Hill or yeah. Armagh or. Um, down Coal Island or wherever they're from, um, you know, just the conversations. It, there's some sort of an empowerment that has happened, or a, 
something that's happened shifted within people, and 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 so they're we're not we're not promoting a Sunday. We're promoting Jesus, and we're promoting that he he has just his love and desire and ability mm-hmm. to. Uh, and so, so the, the opportunities for me personally is has has been huge over the last couple yeah. of months, uh, and I, and while it is isn't connected with the church as in a Sunday morning, it is because something has shifted within your thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, I, I don't want to again. I don't want to offend people or upset people, but I think we too many of us, too many church leaders, have bought into the lie that. Our success is defined by the amount of people that show up on Sunday, mm. and uh, and I'm just increasingly seeing that as as a as a myth that consumed me for far too long. And the, and the language I think we've used over the last few weeks is some like Sunday's not the main event. Yeah, like Sunday cannot be the main event. Yeah, and I but and I love Sundays. Like you know how much mm. I love Sundays. Like I um I'm there's times during the week I'm gearing myself up just to be together to worship together and need it. I need the fuel. But I needed to feel the main event. I needed to feel the the Monday to the Saturday. Yeah. And and, and there has and, and as there's as there has been this shift in me, it feels like I'm I'm engaging. There's a level of engagement within the community that I've never had before. As we began to show up, mm-hmm. and and it's and and I just and I just and I can't I cannot help but keep coming back to Jesus. I want to just keep coming back to Jesus all the time. Yeah. And in Matthew nine, it's whenever Jesus showed up in the in the towns and the villages. And I love that he showed up in the towns and villages because sometimes you speak to the people in the big cities and I think that Jesus Jesus is only coming back for the big cities. Jesus went through the wee villages and he's coming through Rich Hill. And, uh, but it was whenever Jesus, it was whenever he went into the village, he went through the village, bringing the message of the kingdom, healing the sick, casting out the demons. But then, but then it has this line that I just think it just captures Jesus beautifully. And that's how I, that's how I, I, I want the, the rest of my life almost be summarized in those few verses in Matthew 9 he he looked out when he saw the crowds he looked out and he saw the crowds and he was moved with compassion mm. because it because he saw those that were hopeless and harassed like sheep without a shepherd yeah and and, he, and his call was guys the harvest is plentiful just and so pray pray for workers and and go yeah and those those few verses in Matthew chapter 9 just for me just summarize Summarize the, the the beauty and the wonder of Jesus and the call for us as the church, and for me it's again without going over the top, but it's there's something that I seen in that verse that's whenever Jesus went through the village and he looked and saw the crowd, and I think that's what's happened as we've moved into the that's what's happened as we've moved into the community. Yeah, there's something about seeing, there's something about seeing the people, actually seeing them daily, weekly, seeing them constantly throughout the day. That this because this is this is what's going to happen. And so for me, so for me, I'm almost always hit the question: How many people? How many people come to your church? Like I'm just starting to think. I'm starting to think differently. How many people are being influenced by your church? Yeah. And and so for me, I'm I'm starting to think. Well, there, however many show up on a Sunday, like I I I just am so, I just am so unconcerned by that that I I just genuinely don't know the answer to that question. But but I'm beginning to to catch the one or ones and twos at the gym. I'm beginning to catch the ones or twos at the school gates. I, I, I begin to think. Well, that's that's the number. Yeah, that's, I don't want to get caught up in numbers, but I'm. But but that's the, that's what we're after. We're after how how much how much is is what he's doing in us. How he's transforming us and conforming us more and more into his likeness. How is that impacting 
our Monday to Saturday, the yeah. people that you're rubbing shoulders with every day. Yeah. Because if it's always going to be about how many show up on a Sunday, it's like I I don't know if I can I don't know if I have the energy or the capacity for for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. questions that we were stared by for this podcast was what was the challenges you faced mm-hmm. but I, I would more turn that question on what are the challenges we um, face going forward and, uh, and and one of the big things for us I think is very important is being authentic mm-hmm. um, so that when, when we meet someone uh, on the street at the gym at the school gate that are um, that that is the same people they meet on our Sunday morning or uh, during our mm. different mm. events, whatever we hold on. That we're not like one thing, and in our daily lives, one thing, and then on a Sunday. And so that would be one of the the challenges. And, mm-hmm. and one of the other challenges is to stay in that place of following God because. It, it's easy to, to sort of get into a routine or maybe even watch what some other successful, and I put that in very commas, churches are doing, and get easy get try to get sealed off in that. Uh, but being true to what God has called us to do, uh, and that one of those thing, key things that we believe God has called us to do is to turn up mm-hmm. is to, and to be present. It was, mm-hmm. was one of the other words that we had felt that God had, and not to hide, um, be authentic and uh, and uh, and and just be Jesus as much as possible when you're when you're when you're representing them. Mm-hmm. And I maybe that to an outside world of people who are are not part of a church or maybe who maybe that sounds a bit weird. But but he was he's our great example of how to live. And and when he met with people. People knew that he was different. He he, he was compassionate, and uh, and and kind, and and love was definitely he was he, he represented love in every way, and 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 so when if if we we our our challenge is is to continue to be that in every aspect of of what church life looks like, mm. uh, is to is to is for people. To come face to face with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, and so and I think the challenge that we are going to face, like the challenge is still live. Oh yeah. Very what do we? What? Where do we go next? Yes, like, that's right. What is? The, what is the next step? Like that is still the still the challenge. But truthfully, because we've got because we've got increasingly comfortable being vulnerable, the reality is to get back to that place where where we were just praying around the village. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. you reminded me during this at the start of this podcast that what we started to do was just walk the walk the village begin to pray yeah yeah but we've now that we've showed up in community well for me i'll speak for me i i, I haven't done the laps around the village god come on in the same way that it did that's right before we moved in yeah. so the challenge is come on yeah more more so than ever yeah more so than ever i need to get to that place god we're desperate for you to to reveal we're desperate for you to show us what's next yeah, and that's and that, and sometimes that there's a challenge. There's been a challenge for me in a, in a mindset shift in terms of I went to all of these things to look for the next program. I went to all these things to, to so that somebody else 
will recommend all the things that you should try to engage and connect with your community better. You know what I mean? All of those different things. And people that know me will probably be getting tired of me going back to John chapter 5, but I can't help it. Going back to Jesus saying, the Father's always working. He's always at work. And so the challenge for us is, my Father, where is it that you're working? That's right. And the challenge is being attentive. And that is a challenge, being attentive, because it requires waiting. And some and, and some of the best things can only be can only be learned in the waiting. Can't believe you used that line. And the so the challenge the challenge is to wait. The challenge is to be attentive to where he is already at work. Because uh-huh. the temptation for us is to is to come up with the next program, the next come up with the next the next thing to, to pull them in. But I'm convinced the fathers are working. It's his harvest. He is that Matthew nine. He is the Lord of the harvest. Yeah. It's his harvest. He's already at work. And he's waiting for people who are going to show up and make him visible. And so that that is a that is a challenge. Being attentive, waiting, watching. Where are you? Where are you already at work, Father? Mm. Good. And his invitation is always participation. Yeah, Second Chronicles seven verse fourteen. My people who are called by my name, and I, I always like to just put a few words before that and say, "What if my people who are called by my name?" Would humble themselves mm. and pray, and uh, and and that's where you know, where I know we're talking about the church, but if we bring it back to our individual lives, because the church is made up of individuals, mm. and uh, and hopefully individuals who pray and trust God with all their heart and uh, and all about His business and what what He wants to do, but um, you know, that's where the answers come from. When we when we just bow the knee in the midst of, of whatever questions we have and 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 throw it all upon him and uh, and throw our futures upon him and, uh, and 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 he shows up doesn't mm-hmm. he he leads the way and that's been our story we don't have all the answers but all we can all I can say in the midst of it is that he's been faithful in spite of our insecurities mm-hmm. in spite of our weaknesses in spite of our ways that we haven't reacted in the right way or we have come at things with the wrong motive. He has still been faithful. Mm-hmm. He has still led the way and and our trust is, our hope is. Mm-hmm. We even venture into next Sunday and the Sundays beyond that, that he'll continue to lead us as a people. And, uh, and so yes, we love him with all our hearts. you would offer that advice tentatively don't be afraid you don't, want to, you don't want to be reckless either don't withdraw from the I don't knows yeah but actually press into the yeah, I don't absolutely. knows yeah and, and I think for me I've I've I have learned I have appreciated the value in gathering around other leaders even those that think differently and would react differently just to get and even to be vulnerable with other leaders in where we're at mm-hmm. allowing them to speak wisdom, allowing them to pray, allowing them to prophesy has been really has been really important for me too. Yeah, yeah. And allowing God to speak in unusual ways and even sometimes to what we class as unusual people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's probably He loves doing that. Yeah. It does. It does. And then I think what you've said in recent weeks 
is that we would document. You would just begin to document the journey, mm-hmm. even though even though you probably don't know <laughs> what's going on. To to document, well, document what you know now, and just keep doing, just keep doing that. I think you begin to pick up the thread of what what the father's doing. Yeah. So it's been good to to share. There's many ways that you can uh, contact, isn't there? Um, there's uh, Twitter. Um, at Ordinary TCC, you can email us ordinary people at uh, grace-community.church and uh, leave a message via the anchor app. And uh, hope you enjoyed listening to us and uh, our little rambles together. Good night. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Ordinary People podcast. This episode was directed by Paul Woods. Our producer and editor was Andrew Gribben. Amy Anderson and Tamar Gribben provided our voiceovers. Our music was composed by Paul Woods. And our guest hosts were Neil Dawson and Neville Garland. This episode was brought to you through the support of Grace Community Church. I think there's anybody still listening.